2, verses 1 to 3. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. As most of you know, I'm a public school teacher for the past 35 years in the same school system that has grades 7 through 12 in it. So over the course of those past 35 years, there's been a tremendous change in the young people. One of the things I want to look at tonight, or a couple of things I want to look at tonight, are things that we're all familiar with to an extent. And I pray that whether you have children at home, maybe grandchildren, whatever way the Lord puts it on your heart, whether it's to pray for a certain person or a family, whatever it is, just be open to that because there's some things here. uh, We won't get into too much detail with it, but it's got to be, it's very disturbing to me as a parent and as a school teacher. Because of the things that I see, I have a teenage daughter, and we've already dealt with some of the issues um, that I think that every kid is exposed to, and I don't think it stops with uh, preteens or teens. I think it can go right up until the day you die, depending on who it is. But the uh, exposure and the innocence is going lower and lower, the, the loss of innocence is going lower and lower to where we're talking about five and six-year-olds. Okay, so, and the thing as I see as a school teacher is most adults aren't aware of it because they don't see the day-to-day uh, life of the kids, you know, in the hallways, in the locker room, um, at the lunch tables. All they are seeing is when their children are home or if they have friends over. But they're not seeing the uh, depths of some of the things that are going on. And you need to be aware of that. So, Father, I just pray now as we get into your word and the different things that I'll share that it will just strike a nerve and that we just become really people of prayer, people of concern, people of discernment whether it be with people in our own families or, like I said, relatives or grandchildren, whatever way it uh, reaches us, Lord, that we would be uh, cognizant of what you would have us do. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. It says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, each of us here, if we are born-again believers, can relate to this verse. We know that we were once dead, and because of God and what he did through his son Jesus, we were made alive through Christ. And when you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Now, we can relate to sinners because we are sinners. Nothing really shocks us, because we know the dark depths of our heart 
and the things that we are capable of that probably no one else in this room knows. But one of the things that God has done is he has delivered us from the course of this world. However, we can't forget there is a course that this world is on. 24-7, 365, it's happening all the time. And for those who aren't born-again believers, regardless of the age, the prince of the power of the air and his demonic force are trying to strike and have an effect on all those people who are in the course of this world. He doesn't care the age. He doesn't care the innocence. He doesn't care if they come from a Christian family or not. He's out to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That alone, as warriors of Jesus Christ, should strike a nerve in us. And are we being apathetic to it, or are we being vigilant in doing what the Lord puts on our plate to do, whether it be pray consistently or to be actively involved somehow somehow with a hands-on approach if that is in your course, in your walk with the Lord. Satan is an adversary. He's a slanderer. He's the father of lies. If we know his strategy, as Ephesians 6 says, if we're aware of the wiles of the enemy, well, that's important that we know his strategy. That helps us cut him off at the pass and help those people who are in the course of the world. But if we don't have an awareness of that, we as believers in Jesus Christ have to understand we need to know. We need to be aware because it could strike your household. It could strike your relatives, your friends. It could strike your kids' friends. And it can just be a vicious cycle. Notice it's the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. You and I know what disobedience is, and we know what obedience is. We know it firsthand because we know when we've been disobedient to Jesus Christ. We know when we've sinned, when we willfully have sinned. We know if we have children when they're obedient and disobedient, and the joy one brings and the anxiety and stress the other brings. Verse 3, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. Now our concern tonight is with the others, whether that be family members, relatives, um, neighbors, whatever way that connection is made with you and I. We're concerned with them. If we're not concerned with them, we have to ask Jesus for his heart. We have to have his heart and his eyes in order to see the need and the depth of depravity that's going on around us. We have to take a step out of our Christian bubble and see a world that's dying and perishing before us.
They're fulfilling the desire of the flesh. We're going to look at just a couple things briefly tonight to just show you how that flesh and that desire of the flesh is being fulfilled every day. Right now, as we are sitting here, some things are going on with millions and millions of people. As we're just sitting here, as we're concentrating on God's word, there are words being spread that aren't concentrating on God's word, that are showing that they are the children of wrath by simply just by the fruit that they are bearing. But it's not wholesome fruit. It's rotten fruit. It's not the fruit that Jesus wants his children to produce. Plus, not only is being produced by children of the king, but people who aren't even sons and daughters of the Lord yet are producing this rotten fruit. At a regular meeting of the Fayetteville School Board a few Wednesdays ago, the superintendent brought to the board's attention a growing problem with the misuse of cellular, uh, cellular phones in the school. There was a cell phone usage policy that they were being considered to be instituted among the school district. Dr. Brock related an increasing number of incidences in which students were misusing their cell phones right in school. Teachers were reporting students texting messages to each other within the same classroom, opening the door to academic dishonesty as well as cyberbullying. Kids were having fun, kids having fun were crossing the line where it was becoming federal offenses. For example, students could use their cell phones to take pictures of others dressing in the locker rooms and then post the pictures on the web. This activity could be considered violating child pornography laws. Dr. Brock told the board, our students could be at risk of dangers we can prevent. Four members of the board are drafting a cell phone usage policy for the board to consider at their next meeting. Now, this particular event took place in another state. At the school district that I'm in, right in our school, there were cell phones confiscated that had nude body parts of other kids in the school that were being shown to other students. And again, my grades are 7 through 12 that, uh, we're, that I'm dealing with. Besides the bullying, besides the pornography that can be spread around, if you caught it, there's the cheating. I can be in a classroom taking a test, texting my answers to the person in the back of the room in the first row. And believe me, throughout the course of the day, we take the cell phones from the kids, give them to our superintendent, but it's amazing how often you see the cell phones being used throughout the day. We're doing uh, warm-up exercises. I'm a physical education teacher. I'll find kids down here texting their messages right while they're in their squads. Or if a kid is sitting out, they're, not, they're unprepared for class. They're trying to sneak and do their cell phone messages. Who are they texting? Could be somebody else in the school. Could be somebody outside the school. A school in Ocean County 
There was a riot started in the school by gang members outside the school text messaging their gang members who were in the high school. Police came in from everywhere. They had to send all the kids home from school. School was closed for about two days. So there's crazy stuff going on. In the March issue of People magazine, there's an article called The Dangers of Sexting, S-E-X-T-I-N-G. There were two boys that had taken a picture. I think one of the kids had a girlfriend who sent them a very explicit picture. The boy sent it to his friend. A couple students had seen it. So right away, the principal came down. They took the cell phones. The police were called. And these kids were, uh, it was being decided whether these kids were going to be charged with pornography. Because once it came, like if I received a picture on my cell phone, no big deal. But as soon as I text it to you, that same picture, it becomes an offense. And this was what was happening. There's a picture of a beautiful young lady, only 18 years old. Um, I'm going to just read this part to you. Sexting can pose more than legal dangers. I won't say the girl's name, but last year, a senior at Sycamore High School outside Cincinnati took a nude photo of herself and sent it to the boy she was seeing. She learned that the photo was being circulated at four area high schools. Other kids began taunting her as a whore. Once a popular upbeat student, she felt humiliated, and on July 3rd, she hanged herself. She was vivacious, funny, loving, says her mother, who with her husband is now working with the nonprofit wiredsafety.org to create programs to teach kids the dangers of sexting and cyberbullying that destroyed her. A few years ago, um, when my daughter was in the 7th, 8th grade, we decided to get her a cell phone. She misused it. It is now in the ocean. <laughs> That's how we took care of it. And you know, and I know cell phones, computers, cameras can be used awesome. There's so much good things that can be done with them. But just like anything that has been created, Satan is not a creator. He can't create anything. But he can take the thing that's created and cause it to be devious, ugly, evil. We all know that. We're all adults. We know what he can do with a good thing. He can take sex, which was meant for the marriage bed, and corrupt it. You know, that's, that's probably the best example I can give you. But when you start seeing what's happening to these young kids, that now, when we were growing up, the Playboy magazine, guys, right, was the big thing. Now, that five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old doesn't have to go into the drugstore and sneak peeks. He can go right on his cellular phone and do that. He can go right into his computer and do that as well as girls. Now, I was thinking the last couple of weeks as I, the Lord was putting this on my heart, I was saying, I was just thinking different things. And I was just thinking, all these years, I've been teaching 35 years. 
And you know, some of the curse, most of the curse words that were said 35 years ago are the same curse words today. And I'm saying, why always the curse words? And of course, you know, some of the main curse words, besides the four letter words, is the name Jesus Christ. And there's no coincidence because the devil wants to take words and corrupt them. Think about it. He wants to take the meaning of words and make them meaningless and, and wrong. He wants to defame and, and curse the name and blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ so it's not honored and made holy. He wants to take that innocent kid and make everything hard instead of beautiful. And these are the things that are going on. The cameras. Cameras are confiscated, and you know they're the digital cameras. They can be sent right to the cell phone, the pictures, or right to the Internet. And here's the other thing before we get back to God's Word, because I just want to set the scene before we look at different things in the Word of God, is the Facebook and MySpace. The things that that is being used for. The walls that are being broke down. And think about it. When you're... When you're sinning, think about any sins you've ever committed alone. And think of that, and now saying, now the camera comes in, the cell phone or the camera comes in. And Satan, just like he did in the Garden of Eden, puts doubt in your head by something he suggests to you. Oh, it won't be that bad. Oh, everybody's doing it. Uh, who's going to see it? Like this poor girl who sent her, her picture to her boyfriend. But guys, think about that. We know, as soon as we get a picture like that, we know because of our false pride. Hey, look at this picture my girl sent me. We have no concern for that girl. We don't love her. We lust her. And we don't care about what's going to happen. And unfortunately, look at the disaster that took place in this young girl's life and the repercussions to all her friends and her family. It is a sin. It is a crime. And now you have the simple photo by yourself in the room. And the flesh kicks in. And sin starts going. And you take the picture. Oh, nobody saw it. And now you just text it. Goes out. And now anyone can take that and put it on internet. And the whole world can eventually punch into that. I was told that you can actually, when you're going for jobs in these corporations, or if you, let's say an FBI, they'll say, okay, let me see your Facebook. Let me see your uh, MySpace. And in that interview process, they're, they're finding out about you. And some people have been not hired as a result of the stuff that's on their Facebook. The prince of the power of the air. I was thinking about that. The prince of the power of the air. Think about the airwaves. Think about the Internet. Think about all that stuff. And I thought again, when he took Jesus up in the temptation that he was going to give him, all the kingdoms of the world. Think about that. What is he 
and his demons planted in the minds of these young kids. And again, I want to emphasize this. It's not only young kids, okay, that are being affected by this, but older men and women, okay? I'm just saying the initial starting of this and what I'm seeing from a high school and junior high position. What is going on? Satan is taking something that can be used for good, but just like he does, he corrupts it, and kids are falling into the trap. But at the same time, I want to say this. I believe it's a subculture that most adults are not aware of. And whether we're here today or people listen to this message on the Internet, I pray that it will trigger a response by those people to at least investigate. My wife will go into my daughter's pocketbook. She'll, she'll look at things. She'll check out the camera. She'll check out any notes just to see. And over the course of the past few years, sure enough, we found things that we had to deal with her one-on-one uh, -on -one with. No teen is immune, just like none of us are immune. We know what we're capable of. We know what we're, we have done. Please do not think that it can't go all the way down to those five-year-olds because we see it just in our small school district of two towns with about five schools, grades K through 12. Police have got involved even in the elementary schools. Satan doesn't care the age of the kids. Okay, I'm going to take you through some scriptures. But let's do some light stuff for a minute. Are you addicted to your cell phone? Here's a checklist. Do parts of your body tingle when you get free cell phone minutes? Does raising your children interfere with programming your speed dial? Does the term fashion statement mean to you matching your outfit with your cell phone carrying case? When getting into a car accident is your first response. Can you hold on a moment? I'm hemorrhaging. <laughs> do you use the menu light as your night light? A lot of laughs on that one. I do too sometimes. When receiving a phone call, do you ever ask the film projectionist to lower the volume of the movie? Okay, we can relate to some of those. And the thing is, and hopefully none of us, but it has become an obsession. The cell phone, the internet, camera usage. I can't believe the camera use among teenagers. Going into the bathroom, taking pictures, and maybe they're not even obscene pictures, but just taking pictures. They're so me, 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 me. Let me see what I look like. Let me make this face. Let me throw my hair this way. Not my hair, but their hair. Let me throw it a certain way. And they take these pictures. Okay, in Job. And again, I'm going to go through several verses right now. If you want to take these verses, I'll give them to you later. If you want to go there, that's fine. But in Job chapter 1, verse 7, 
And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. With that verse, I think of the scripture in Revelation where Satan was sent to earth and he knows that his time is short. And even though shortness in our lifetime seems like a long time, we remember a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to the Lord. And Satan has a demonic army that's doing his bidding. We have to deal with the flesh and Satan will take the flesh to try to knock us down, to steal, kill and destroy from us or to us. You know, we got the world to deal with, the world system that's trying to mold us in. I mean, the magazine that I have doesn't say Jesus Christ, doesn't say Christ-centered. It says people, right? And there's self-magazine. There's us, right? You, you know some of them. There's us. It's all me, 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 me. So I can compare myself to these pretty people here. And feel bad because I don't look that pretty. <laughs> Next verse we can go to is also in Job, verse uh, chapter thirty-one, verse seven. If my step has turned from the way, remember the course of the world in Ephesians that we read about in Ephesians two, the course of this world. Notice here in Job, if my step has turned from the way or my heart walked after my eyes. Think of the camera, think of the Facebook, internet, think of cell phone and think how much of those three are visual, all of them. And think that when your eyes start straying, your heart starts walking away, doesn't it? And it follows the course of this world. We need to protect it. We need to be aware of getting off course. Doesn't take you much. It might have happened tonight when you were driving here, going the way you were going. Maybe you just looked to the right. Hopefully you weren't text messaging. Maybe you were looking to dial your phone, and then you looked up and you were off course. You were near the yellow line, or you were near the shoulder of the road. You were off course and you had to go back on. Why? Because there was an accident coming. Or there was an accident about to happen. It's no different spiritually speaking. For you or for me, doesn't matter the age, remember. We're all under the same thing. It can happen to us. So an accident is coming. We need to see if we're on course. Anytime you go to God's word, you're seeing if you're on course or not. Okay, let's go to the next scripture, which is going to be in Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 10. For the land is full of adulterers, for because of a curse the land mourns. The pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up. Their course of life is evil, and their might is not right. I don't know how much you follow the news and everything that's going on, but I'll tell you what, this is a very exciting time to live in, but a very serious time, isn't it? There's so much going on that even, well, let me read this from you, from um, Stonewall Jackson, 
a Confederate officer who after the second battle at Manassas in 1862 was talking to one of the doctors. The doctor's name was Dr. McGuire. And Dr. McGuire made the statement, we have won this battle by the hardest kind of fighting. We have won this battle by the hardest kind of fighting. Stonewall Jackson says, no, no. We have won it by the blessing of Almighty God. Period. For you and I, as children of the King, it should be a challenge to you and I that this is not a Christian nation. That President Obama can say this is not a Christian nation. Okay? Where sin abounds, grace abounds more. But where is that grace going to come through? It's going to come through Jesus Christ, but the vehicles he uses. That's you and I. We are the light that God chooses to shine in a Christ-rejecting world. That's pretty cool. That's pretty dynamic, isn't it? To know that we are the ones that God wants to use. Now, the lie of the enemy, because remember, he's right there. He's right here. It's going to say to you, oh, you're too young. Ah, you're too old. God can't use you. He can use that other person. That is a lie. Just go to the scripture and see the youngest people God has used throughout scripture and see the older people he's used. There's both extremes and a lot in the middle. You are a warrior. You're a son and daughter of the king. If he has not taken you home to be with him, then he's leaving you here to be used by him. That's pretty awesome. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Listen to your friend who sticks closer than a brother, Jesus. Become familiar with the game plan. Don't worry about having a Facebook, but worry having your face in the book. That's huge. Because, see, we will have a greater impact if our face is in the book than any Facebook that's on a computer. We can reach the lost. Remember, Jesus reached the lost one person at a time. He had those 12 apostles, and it just multiplied. He was concerned with the individual, and the masses came. Did I read Jeremiah? Yes, okay. Let's move on. Next, we're going to go to John in the New Testament. Chapter 8, verse 44. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. Just to emphasize the course of this world and the sons and daughters of disobedience, who they're following. They do not know all the methods 
that the enemy is using. The more kids that are using Facebook, the more kids that are using MySpace, the more kids that are using cell phones, the more kids that are just taking any kind of pictures with their cameras, there's comfort in numbers. Barriers are being broken down. But the enemy, steal, killing, and destroying, knows that out of that mass numbers that are doing that, there is an 18-year-old girl who's going to hang herself as a result of the sin that's going on in those areas. We need to pray for our young people. I want you to adopt a kid in the school, uh, in our church. Adopt a kid. And what I mean by that is, ask the Lord to put on your heart, from the littlest to the oldest teen, just one of them. Find out their name. Put it in your Bible. Just pray for them. Pray for their purity. Pray for their heart after Jesus Christ, to have a heart after God. Just pray for them. You may never meet them. Just pray for them, though. I really encourage you to do that. And from the littlest baby, the newborn infant, because if we're facing those things now, the hell phones, I mean the cell phones, the cell phones and the Internet and the cameras, what's going to happen six months from now, technology? Five years from now, should the Lord tarry? What's going to happen? They might have baby bottles with the, with the TV right at the end of them or something. Who knows what's going to happen? But you can understand that Satan will see what's going on and he will bring people there and try to corrupt their spirit to get them far and far away from Jesus Christ. Okay, next scripture. Let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, if you're here tonight and you're under any of the bondage of any of those things, understand if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're like a person standing in the beach with a ball and chain. And wherever this ball and chain goes, the person lugs it. The only problem is, as a believer in Jesus Christ, he's taking the ball and chain off of you, but it looks like it's attached because it's under the sand right next to you. But you can walk away from it. You don't have to stay within the power of that sin. You can walk away. Now, how do you do that? How do you walk away? Well, you need to have a mentor. You, need to have, you have to confess it to Jesus Christ and get right with him. But you need to have an accountability person that you can talk to and that isn't shocked by what he's telling you. You have to pray for that man or that woman, men with men, women with women, to bring that person into your life so you can be held accountable for that. If you have a pen, paper, I want you to write this down too. Just uh, I'm throwing this through a back door. My daughter goes to a Christian school, and I'm amazed sometimes at some of the movies she's asked to go to by her friends from that Christian school. And the reason I say that, that I'm amazed, is we have two sites that we go to that we check out all the movies that look good. But it breaks it down. It tells you the violence in it. It tells you the profanity in it. It tells you the uh, sexual situations in it. And uh, one situation is screen it. 
www.screenit.com, screenit.com. And the other is um, off of Focus on the Family. I believe it's pluggedin.com. But if you go on Focus on the Family and go to Entertainment, it'll be that site. And it's family.org is James Dobson's site. And if you go to family.org and go to Entertainment, I believe it's pluggedin.com is the name of the site. But you can check out any movie, any DVD, anything. So as soon as we get an invite, my daughter gets an invite, or we see a movie that came out, we'll check it, and right away, nah, they take the Lord's name 50 times. You know, they say the F word 10 times. They'll tell you. They'll tell you how many times they say it. They'll tell you the type of nudity, whether it's just a little bit of skin showing to full body nudity, so you know. So you don't have to be sitting in that PG rating and all of a sudden be shocked with what comes on the screen. The prince of the power of the air. HBO, hell's best offer, right? They're trying to poison your mind and my mind, your kid's mind, my kid's mind. They're trying to break down the barriers to harden our hearts against God and the things that are pure. So for all our life, we're trying to fill a void. But thanks be to God, in Christ Jesus, he has set us free from the law of sin and death. And we can point others this way. Okay, a few more scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetousness, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. It's pretty clear there, and I want to zero on the one, is the idolaters. I was listening to a message by a Calvary pastor, and he was saying how the Internet is the temple for some people. They're going to the pagan temple through the Internet. And I said, wow, that's awesome. Well, we can put down the cell phone, the camera when it's being misused, the iPod when it's being misused. This is their temple. Kids are going there and listening for hours to maybe the music that is just pumping their soul with darkness and disease and evil and rotten fruit. We need to pray. The prince of the power of the air. What is he doing? How is he influencing? In Ephesians, where we started tonight, I want to read that again, but I want to read it to you from another translation. One of the things I do sometimes is when I'm studying, I'll take the translation and go through four or five different translations to see something. I took this particular one um, from the message, and it says, it, and this is Ephesians 2, 1 to 3, it wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with pollution, unbelief that ex exhaled disobedience. We all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God did not lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. And that's just the paraphrase of that Ephesians 1 through 3. But how true is that? Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine if you were and I were God? I wouldn't have a wife or a daughter. I would have zapped them a long time ago. They probably would have zapped me first. I would have been out. 
But God's patience, his long-suffering, that we would all come to repentance. James, chapter 4, verse 4. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Every day I see enemies of God. Every day. Those 450 kids in my school, every day they're an enemy of God. The things they're talking about, the things they're texting, the things they're looking at. And we're a small district. Just get a bigger district, 2,000 kids in a school. What's going on? What's going on? What's happening? There's a lot of stuff going on in the hallways of schools, both public and Christian and private. No one is immune from sin. Okay, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And all the things we've been sharing tonight fits right into that category, doesn't it? All those things are right there. And let's finish up with two more. One John. I'm sorry, let's go to Revelation. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. Revelation 13, 8. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. All who dwell on the earth will worship him, whose names have not been written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. There is only one God. His name is Jesus Christ. We know him as Jesus Christ. There is... No road to Jesus, the Father, through Buddha, through Muhammad, through Hare Krishna, through any other religion. Doesn't matter your intentions. All roads will lead you to God, but only one road will lead you into the kingdom of heaven, and that's Jesus Christ. Any other door a man enters, doesn't count. It doesn't get you to the same place. One gets you to the fires of hell. One gets you to the glory of heaven. As we sit here and close tonight, think of what we heard tonight through God's word. Think of what's going on in our society, in our schools, maybe in our homes. What does God want you and I to do? One, he wants us to pray. One, he wants us to hold our Children, if they're still in our home, accountable. Pray for our grandchildren. Allow your children who are raising them to know what's going on so that they can make a decision based on the health of their children and well-being of their children. If your relatives and grandchildren are not saved, just pray for their salvation. You've got to catch them first before you clean them. Okay? Pray for their salvation. But really, just ask God to really give you a heart 
for the lost in your family, in your, in your uh, neighborhood, maybe your neighbor in your schools, whoever God's putting on your heart. And then finally, I pray that everybody in here is in the book of life. And if you're not, all you need to do is accept Jesus' death on the cross, invite him into your heart, confess your sins and turn from them, and get on the journey to the road to be an impact player for the Lord while you're still here. Don't believe the lie of the enemy that you're too young or too old, don't have enough knowledge. Those are all lies. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can more than do what he's going to equip you to do. Let's pray. Father, I thank you.